Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Monday morning. So crazy, crazy finish to the regular season. Not necessarily for the Chiefs. Uh, It was a little scary there for a little bit Saturday afternoon. Um, But they pulled it out, and uh, then it was all the rest of the games that happened yesterday. I really thought there for a second Houston might come back and beat Tennessee. Got close. I know you're shaking your head. No, but it was close, and I had hope. There were a lot of Chiefs fans of that game. Well, keep in mind now that Tennessee had lost to Houston in Nashville yeah. just oh, maybe a month or so ago. So, sure, anything's possible, but Tennessee pretty much knew what was at stake, and they had a, what, 21 to nothing lead or 21 yeah, to 7 first lead. half. So they had uh, really taken their foot off the accelerator a little bit and, and coasted. I, I, I really never thought that Tennessee would lose that game. The Chiefs game, I thought the Chiefs played very lackadaisical football. They did not appear to me to be focused 100% on their on what their goals could be. And it's maybe because, you know, what's it say? Home field advantage, what does that mean? Well, maybe to the pros, not as much. Maybe to the fans, a whole lot. But the Chiefs finally woke up and realized that, hey, we're the better team than Denver. We better get with this thing. And did hold on to that defensive play. was huge with Nick Bolton running it back. 86 yards on a Melvin Ingram cause fumble to Melvin Gordon, of all people, who's an all-pro running back. So, yeah, it was, that was a big deal. What bothers me a little bit was that it took one big play for the Chiefs to win. All right, you're getting the playoffs now. And here the, here the Chiefs are going to play the Steelers. I thought when I went to sleep last night in this foregoing conclusion, the game had to end in a tie for it to end any differently. And I'll be Doggone if it almost didn't it, end in a dude, tie. It it was that that Sunday night game was insane. It was I I went to bed before it went to overtime because I was like I watched it and I was like I can't stay up any later. There's just no way I got to go to bed. But I just thought the same thing to myself. Wouldn't it be something if I woke up today and it was a tie? And that was it for the Steelers, and both of those teams are in. I and it almost was because the winning field goal comes on the final play of the game. Yeah. The final play. It could have been. And it's a 35-32 win for Vegas, so Vegas gets in the playoffs. The Steelers do come to Kansas City, and they will play there next Sunday night. It's a Sunday night game. Of course, the whole world will be watching that one. Now you're saying, well, the Chiefs ran the Steelers out of the ballpark. They did. Less than, well, it's been about three weeks ago. 36 to 10, Pittsburgh never even showed up. They were just not a good team at all, and they still aren't a good team. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not the black and gold colossus that uh, well, we remember from several years ago. A hard hitting, just a really nasty defensive team. They aren't that anymore. They're still a pretty good football team, and they'll come out and they'll compete. And I really think the game will be a little bit closer than it was, but. I don't have any fears for Kansas City in this opener. After that, we'll just have to roll the dice and see what happens. It'll be great to see the Kansas City Chiefs retire Ben straight out. And, you know, looking at all the possibilities that could have been and who the Chiefs were facing, I am really happy with this result. I think this was the the best possible result for where the Chiefs are to face the Steelers at home. It is, with the exception that the Chiefs are banged up. This hasn't happened all season long. Yeah, they've had guys who've had bumps and bruises and all that sort of thing. I worry about Tyreek Hill's uh, heel. And uh, he has an injured heel. It was obvious it was injured. He was limping out on the field. 
How how serious that is? Is it a bruise? If it is, then he'll have a couple days to recover. They'll stretch out today and then go back to work probably Wednesday to get set for a Sunday night game. And Kelsey got banged around pretty good, too. Yeah, he did. And these guys have been taking hits for 17 games all season long. They're not the only ones. Of course, everybody falls into that category. But the Chiefs have been able to escape any kind of serious injury. Even the Darren Williams was banged up a little bit, although I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will probably be back Mm -hmm. in Sunday. But over and above all that, those accumulative injuries, especially when you have had none during the season, that has a tendency to catch up. That does bother me a little bit about Kansas City. We'll see how the week progresses, what kind of therapy they can go through, how serious those injuries are. Well, they I don't think they are terribly serious, but they're nagging. And nagging injuries can be very costly. Yeah, but as you saw on Sunday, even with that nagging injury, you could see Tyreek just chomping at the bit to get out there. And they let him out there a couple times, but eventually they were just like, he can't. He's he's hobbling everywhere. That's the mindset of an athlete. He wants to get out there. You have to govern govern these individuals Mm -hmm. with a level of control because... There are other games to play. Absolutely, and that starts Sunday night against the Steelers at Arrowhead. So, Bears, how'd they make out this weekend? It was a tough game, very tough game. Late Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening, Northern Iowa comes into play, and this was a high-scoring basketball game. Northern Iowa wins it 85-84, to and they won it on the 33-point performance from A.J. Green. Now, A.J. Green sat out most of last year. The year before that, he was the Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. He is no fluke. 33 points is what he had. He is getting his sea legs, so to speak, back with him now after getting off to a slow start this season. Terrific score, great balance. He seems to make every shot around, and he almost does. He was something like 14 of 15 from the foul line, and then his goals. He's not a prolific three-point shooter. He just drives and does a terrific job. The Bears had Isaiah Mosley score 43 points. Wow. 43 of the Bears' 84. Therein lies the problem. You've got to have a little bit more balance. I think what these teams are doing is allowing Mosley to score from outside and shutting down Gage Prim underneath. And Prim is the guy on whom the offense is all based. But he's being double and sometimes triple teamed underneath, and it's very tough for him to get any shots off, so he's having assists. And when you assist him Mosley, that's good because he can shoot very well, but it can't be just one person. In the case of Northern Iowa, they held on, had the lead much of the game at JQH Arena, and hold on for a win, 85-84. When you lose at home in the Valley, that's, that's, that's tough. Bears are back home, play Southern Illinois on Wednesday night, right before the Tournament of Champions over there. But I tell you, they're, uh, they've got a, a long road to go. The Bears are a good team, good offensive team, but you've got to play some D. Yeah, they definitely, I think that's not the first, second, or third time we've had to say that this season, but unfortunately, that just becomes the theme, which <laughs> kind of sucks. Uh, you know what? It was kind of nice. Uh, first golf tournament of the year, get a little nap in over the weekend. Uh, how about Cameron Smith? Cameron Smith came onto the PGA Tour last year like gangbusters. Nobody had ever heard of him before. Should have because he's a pretty good player. He's from down under. He's from Australia. And came onto the tour and, I mean, he captivated everybody. Played very well. Was runner-up, I believe, in the U.S. Open or the Masters. I've forgotten which one it was. Well, anyway, he goes on the course at Kapalua on the island of Maui. And, oh, my. He, <laughs> get this, Mike. 
He wins it by one stroke. Wins. This is the first tournament. It's called the Tournament of Champions. It's all the winners from last year. So it's a, an elite field. He beats John Rahm by one stroke. John Rahm finishes 33 strokes under par, Man. and he doesn't win? Oh, my God. What is this? Uh, Smith, Cameron Smith, had 34 shots under par. You know, I used to marvel out here when the uh, satellite tour played out at Highland Springs. Mm-hmm. There were scores that were 28, 27 under par and so forth. And, uh, yeah, this course is way too easy. 34 under par? What on earth? Anyway, they, they're going to do something with that course at Kapalua on uh, on Maui because that's way too easy for these guys. It sounds like they're playing a putt-putt course to me. Almost does. <laughs> it almost, it's a beautiful course. It's right there on on the coast, yeah. and the ocean's coming in, and the sun is shining, and it's warm, and the palm trees are there, and everybody's in short sleeves. That's great, but <laughs> you better toughen up that course. This week, they go to Honolulu to play. That course is a little bit different and a little bit tougher. But uh, first winner is Cameron Smith, and he pockets the money for being in Hawaii. You can't ask for anything better nah, than man, that. man, you couldn't ask just to be his uh, caddy in Hawaii <laughs> right now. Um, last but not least, I know Josh probably picked Alabama to win tonight. Is Was that pretty much the room and Ned talked? You guys all picked the Tide to win tonight? It is going to be another very good football game. This is the this is the college football national championship game for Division One or FBS teams. It's Alabama, Georgia again. They played in the SEC championship on December first. Georgia was the favorite. Alabama ran them out of the ballpark in Atlanta. This time they're playing in Indianapolis indoors again, and again Georgia is a very slight favorite. Why I don't know. Alabama's the defending champion. I have to think that Bama, having won once, is going to come back and win again. It is the Crimson Tide. They're a really good team. They have the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback Bryce Young. These guys can play. The thing about it is, Mike, with these teams in the Southeastern Conference, the, the, one of the reasons that they win so consistently is the terrific team speed that they all have. Both Georgia and Alabama are very, very quick, have very fast athletes, big, hostile, and fast. And you'll see a really good football game. But I, I do think Alabama wins it again. Probably a high-scoring game, maybe in the neighborhood of, oh, 38 to 28 or something like that. But my uh, chocolate chips are going with the uh, the Crimson Tide to repeat as national champion. Incidentally, we'll throw one in for the one AA teams, the FCS. They played on Saturday at North Dakota State. Wins it once again. again. Nine times they have won the FCS yep. championship. And the going theory around the Missouri Valley Conference was, if you're going to get North Dakota State, it had to be this year because they're really loaded for the coming years. Well, they're really loaded, my God. We're screwed another 15 <laughs> years? Come on, man. The Bears don't play them next year in the regular season, so that's okay. Yeah, but they could see them in the playoffs could. the way the Bears have been playing. Uh, you have a wonderful Monday, and I'll see you tomorrow, man.